Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Upside Sings NBA Draft Podcast, the podcast of the highest ceiling. I'm your host, Bryce Hendricks, joined as always by the great Cooper Klein. And uh, we are he, we are late. I, Coop, we are late. That's the easiest way to put it. Everyone's talking about NBL Blitz, which I, I really could not care less about, uh, or this or that or whatever. We're talking about FIBA, baby. FIBA, the tournament that happened in June, uh, We're that's what we're talking about. So, uh, you know, so, sorry for being four months late. But uh, yeah, the next two will be even worse because we'll be uh, up to five months late by the time those come out. But that's okay. That's okay. Uh, We're talking about FIBA U20 today. And this is honestly less a podcast about prospects today and more a, a podcast about how to evaluate players in situations like this. Because honestly, U20 is not all that full of like high level prospects. The two best prospects we're going to talk about today, I would say are like, will probably end up as like draftable for me, but not even close to first rounders. I, I, there's no one, there's only one player we're going to talk about who I think could work their way up into my first round. And everyone else is like varying degrees of second round undrafted to not even really worth a two-way, but we might talk about them anyways because they're fun. Uh, But when we get to U19 and U18, there's a lot of guys. And I, being the kind of completionist I am, decided we should start with U20. And I think it's a good way to sort of evaluate this context and talk about um, how players stand out and, and how we value certain skills that stand out. But before we get too into it, uh, Coop, my friend, how you doing? Doing pretty well. Uh, went to work this morning, and I I get to come home and talk about <laughs> shitty European basketball players. Uh, there's nothing I love more, honestly. Um, I I think this is at like at the very least, it's also a really good way to talk about like development context, how these guys develop. You know, playing European ball. Uh, you know, a lot of different stuff with. Europe versus American development systems. There's a lot of really interesting conversations to be had about this stuff, even if the guys themselves aren't like the most interesting prospects. And and if you're ready, I think we can we can hop right in. And I, I'm gonna start with Francis Maxime Renault. Uh that was the worst pronunciation of all time. But uh he's there, he's the Seven foot two big man for Stanford next year. Uh, he played a solid amount of minutes last year, if I recall correctly, for them. Um, I didn't realize that it was the same guy until like 20 to 30 minutes into watching him. Uh, and then I was like, oh shit, that makes a lot of sense. I knew he looked familiar. Uh, but he's like a pretty he's not super mobile, but his footwork is really good. Uh he's like his feel for the game he's he's a solid standstill passer he can't really do anything on the move uh not a ton of like general funk he's kind of just like uh well i'm a good i'm good at all the the big man stuff that you can ask you know a guy like that to do solid roll man solid post up guy um you know he can get in there for offensive rebounds not like crazy at it he's not like crashing the boards all the time um from like the perimeter like somebody else who we'll talk about later but i mean he's just like the consummate european big man solid defensively isn't going to get completely destroyed uh he's really tall and really lanky uh and he's you know he's a really good player in the college game and i'm excited to see him at stanford next year yeah i mean to me reno seems like a really safe bet to provide value in the nba eventually as a backup big um and uh, I'm not going to say safe bet to be NBA players about a lot of the guys we're going to talk about today, but I think Reno is maybe like the highest floor guy of anyone we're going to talk about just because uh, he's seven one and he just, he he has the requisite like movement skills to be seven one and, you know, play at a high, at a high level. Um, and he just knows how to play. Uh, my notes on him are mostly, uh, you know, he maneuvers around the paint really, really well, uh, specifically on defense. Like, uh, obviously, he can cover ground quickly. And he's not, I would say, like super quick laterally, but Stanford did switch him a lot and, and they they trust him to do that. Um, 
you know, in FIBA, he was switching a lot less, but he did uh, still spend time doing some stuff out on the floor. But his paint maneuverability really stood out. Uh, just really good touch in the post. I mean, nice couple hook shots can go with either hand. A uh, couple back to the basket moves that just aren't elite, but allow him to do enough uh, to, to maximize what he has. Um, he is like an okay lob threat, like okay rim runner with timing, like not someone who can get on top of the rim out of pick and roll, but can kind of survive in the dunker spot. All right. Um, just, I don't know, just does a lot of, he has great hands on like to catch too. Like, um, he's an April 7, 2003 birthday. So he'll turn 21, like right before next year's draft. So pretty like not young, but about average aged for a, 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 a soon to be, uh, college junior. Um, you know, he averaged 14 points on 66.7 shooting, uh, including, uh, 87.5% on, uh, uh, threes in which he made a total of seven. He made seven out of eight of his threes, which fairly impressive, right? At Stanford, he is willing to let them fly uh, at least a little bit. He only shot 27.9% last year on 1.3 attempts, but uh, he'll take him a little bit. The free throw numbers were not great, but I don't I don't take a ton from like the efficiency stuff uh, sample-wise. He played in seven games, uh, had eight total blocks and five steals. Like that's a pretty good number. Uh, 16 assists, only nine turnovers for a big like him. Really solid. Just n- not exciting, but legit 7-1 who can move well enough. It doesn't look completely lost athletically or feel-wise. Uh, could put the ball on the deck a little bit. Like, he had quite a few, like, dribble drives uh, in this. Would he do that in the NBA? Probably not. But it's nice that a guy can do that and then kind of scale down a little bit as they move up. Like, just feels like like uh, what I draft him, I'm not sure, but uh, I I think he's at least legitimately good and and uh, should find his way on the NBA rosters in my opinion. Coop, you have any final thoughts on on Reno? Yeah, he was kind of a four sometimes last year. Uh, I think Stanford liked to run there, like he they would run two bigs if I recall that correctly, um, and or at least like a bunch of other massive wings. Yeah, and they played, they're just big. Like they just had. They're just uh, humongous. So his like, his college block and steal rates aren't crazy, but he was like fundamentally solid in FIBA play. I thought he moved his feet really well on both ends. Um, You know, he just tried to do stuff. I think like the best indicator, I think he is, his touch is really good. And the best, at least statistical indicator I could find is last season, at Stanford, he made 47.9 of his other two-point attempts, which are like probably longer floaters, not really mid-range jumpers like they would be for a lot of other guys. But like on 71 attempts, that's a pretty solid number for you know a guy who's playing in a decently cramped Stanford floor. They're guys who could shoot, but not a bunch of playmaking. They they took a lot of shots. So, so Stanford's really weird. I like Stanford a lot. I, I think Gerard Haas is a is a very innovative offensive coach. Just, I I don't think his stuff scales to college super well because um, it's a lot of decisions being made all over the court and uh, college players just on a whole are not always comfortable making that volume of decisions. And you see that. Um, But I I actually do think like it's the type of thing that has helped Reno develop. Um, And I think it, 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 uh, will will pay dividends in the league. I think the same for uh, a lot of the guys on their team who are kind of fringy, like a Spencer Jones, I think uh, will have a legitimate shot to stick in the league just because he's 6'8", can hit shots and uh, played in this in this system that is at least NBA adjacent. Um, so they don't have shooting. They take a lot of threes. Um, but I, I think the bigger issue is that they lacked uh, real athletes to kind of suck in a defense. So, you know, they defense has never had to be worried about like hard closeouts uh getting really exploited because you know you could double the post comfortably you might give up a shot to a good shooter but you can at least get a contest there because they're not going to rip drive and get on top of the rim quickly yeah do you have a you have your first guy yeah all that ray no talk i uh i want to talk about adama alpha ball 
Uh, I believe that's how it's said. Um, he is a six seven wing. Uh, he's only nineteen, so he's one of the younger guys. He's December eighteenth, two thousand three birthday, so he'll be uh twenty by the time he's drafted. But he will turn twenty one during his rookie year. So not like meaningfully younger than Rayno, but a little younger than Rayno. Uh, he spent two years at Arizona, but is now transferring to Santa Clara. He's someone who is going to get talked about a lot as like, oh, is this one of the most under the radar returners? And whenever someone's getting talked about as much as he is as an under the radar returner, is he really that under the radar? I mean, obviously, Santa Clara has produced uh, two NBA wings in two straight years, two guys that Coop, you and I were both very high on. Uh, and while I don't think ball is quite to that level i think you saw a lot of interesting stuff here so um i think for me like one of the bigger notes is that i thought the shot looked pretty good um he shot 37.1 percent on five attempts per game 35 total shots so obviously like that's not a ton of threes but um you know i i wouldn't say that he was a super efficient shooter throughout his time in college but uh i like the look of it it's um very high arcing shot kind of trey murphy-esque um, in that way, uh, which I, I, I'm, uh, I'm partial to, to shots with, with arc like that. I think they're, they're fun to watch. I love when a ball can just sit in the air for a second. Um, but I think his footwork into it's really clean. Um, he has pretty solid body control into shots. Uh, and I think, you know, the shot prep could use a little bit of work, but if that cleans up, I think he could look like a really, really good shooter in the season at Santa Clara. Um, he is a, I would say, um, interesting passer. Uh, he had 1.9 assists to 1.3 turnovers uh, in FIBA stuff as sort of like probably the the, the second or third ball handling option on, on the court at any given time. Um, he's a good transition passer, I would say, specifically hit-aheads, but uh, he can get kind of bogged down if the reads aren't obvious. Um, so, you know, attacking closeouts, I think he's less effective than running pick and roll or something like that. Um, but the handle is at least legitimately creative. And I think he has okay explosion out of moves, uh, nothing elite right now. Um, but he has like a good first step, uh, and he can like, I like how outside his body he gets, it can look and, and be loose at times, but I think there's a positive that he's able to, get well outside his body and, and really manipulate the ball as he moves through space. So um, I, 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 I liked a lot of what I saw from him. I probably, I think I watched two French, uh, French games and uh, he looked like the best player on the floor in both of them. Um, I wouldn't say I'm sold on him as like a guy I'm going to be really in on, but if he has a good year at Santa Clara, he's probably the guy we're going to talk about today. Who's most likely to end up a first rounder for me. Uh not sold he can get there, but I like what I saw on FIFA stuff. Coop. Yeah, he's solidly funky. Uh, the defense wasn't like technically great, and he was like kind of over roaming a lot. Um, but his hustle uh, at times was really apparent, and he's just like on both ends. He's sprinting off of screens. He's running around, you know, doing around the world off of you know pin downs. He's flinging himself out on closeouts he's doing all this stuff and at his size and length if he can really shoot and you know have a little bit of a handle especially in like a straight line um like if you give him like a step he's he's there right he's got a little bit of shift but he doesn't like need to use it all the time he's got a solid amount of burst uh he's super confident in himself like he's gonna do some crazy shit uh and you know, confidence kind of, you know, I, I don't want to sit here and be like a, a talking head radio guy, but you know, it's important that you trust yourself enough to do those kinds of things. And especially if you're going to develop, uh, you know, a lot as we expect ball to, um, I'm really excited to see what happens with him this year at Santa Clara. Cause I think people are going to be like, Oh, well, he's going to be like, you know, another point forward wing type who, you know, really develops and it's like the Santa Clara special. And, you know, it's just, it's just pattern recognition. Like whoever transferred in who was six, seven was going to get that kind of recognition, but ball can kind of handle. He, I think he could shoot, even though there are some like bad misses in the tape, which is kind of alarming, but you know, good shooters have bad misses. It's just in, in such a small sample size. I, I am kind of worried. I like his touch. I like his motor. It makes me believe in him as a prospect, maybe not as like a, 
uh, like a like a point wing or like a, a super ball handler in any way. But I do really want to see what he looks like off ball at Santa Clara this year. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm the same way. I will say I thought he was pretty bad defensively. Uh, he just folded whenever he took any physical contact. Like, uh, and I thought he did that with the ball as well in a pretty frustrating way. Um, so I, you know, again, ball is the type of guy who could be very, very like volatile on my board. I no matter what, like his floor is like two way caliber guy. Um, just because he's a six seven wing who I think can potentially dribble pass and shoot. Um, but I I I think like there's a world I I wouldn't draft him, and there's a world he could be a first rounder. Uh, there's really a lot I have to see um, from him this year, uh, Santa Clara. Um, Coop, do you want to take us to your next guy? Yeah, give me one second to get over to my sheet. Um, so the next guy I will take us through is a. Uh, I'm gonna sound like a fucking idiot. Elias Carmadine, Elias Carmadine, which was Italian. That was cut that out of the fucking recording. Um, that is awful. I'm absolutely uh, not. <laughs> I believe. I believe. Uh, it's, I believe it's Elias Carmadine. Uh, okay. Like obviously, it's it's said it's, it would be said with a French accent, but like I don't know. How to I, do that. I don't have one either. But he's like a six five e probably closer to six four me but he's a solid like two guard size um who's got a little bit of a handle i think his main thing is like he gets into the lane he, he gets the ball he's kind of a ball stopper and then he can hit you with a few dribble moves get right around you draws contact gets into that floater that he really likes and is able to hit with contact um and like he can shoot it a little bit, he can do a little bit of everything, but he really likes to get into your body, draw a second or or you know even third defender and get to the line. Uh, there's like that's a very important skill. Um, I just <laughs> the rest of his game is kind of suspect. Uh, I didn't love the passing. His defense is like it's it's he's all right in like a complete isolation like he's not going to get completely fucked on but any single time there's like any ounce of a screen or any kind of motion it's like that's every single play they run in europe uh you know over in this tournament like he just dies uh it's kind of alarming but he was able to put up a lot of points and be a very steadying presence for this france team um I am I'm I'm gonna keep up with him and I'm gonna watch him over at Bour God damn it what Bour Bourgeon. Um I think I'll, I'll ask I'll ask uh, some of my French friends how to say the names of these fucking teams. Yeah, we need, uh, we need some some name help. But I I'm going to be watching some French league this year to uh keep up with him because that's I do really think that like touch and free throw drawing and like a guy who can handle like that. I that's like a worthy skill to take in the second round, like to take a swing on a guy, especially who could be a stash. That sounds like the perfect stash guy, in my opinion, but there's a lot of other worries, you know, with his game. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, uh, there's probably two like outsized games for him too. like, he looked great against Israel. He looked great against Slovenia, Um, like really, really outsized efficiency games from two for him in those games um uh, overall he shot uh 57.1 from two and 48.3 percent from three 84.2 from the line obviously all limited sample and fifa stuff if you look through his other stats you would probably not really like like his uh his his stats cross international play non-fifa you would probably not really expect him to be like this elite shooter um but i'm guessing this volume in those leagues is anything like it is here it's a lot of off the dribble stuff uh and he's legitimately funky getting into it uh multiple footwork patterns uh very very comfortable just launching uh with forward or negative momentum um i thought his defense was pretty good at the point of attack like pure iso or getting over screens he just has zero help instincts i think other than oh i'm gonna jump this passing lane he does have quick hands i mean he averaged 2.6 steals a game uh also 3.4 assists to 1.9 turnovers this really really good in fiba uh, we probably won't talk about it but a lot of point guards are averaging like like five assists and seven turnovers 
And for Carmadine to, he wasn't necessarily playing point guard, but he was when like push came to shove their like primary half court creator, I would say um, did a pretty good job balancing. I think like uh, his scoring with playmaking, even though he definitely leaned score first um, specifically, I thought his interior passing was pretty good uh, has some okay feel for, uh, like pretty simple corner kickouts on strong hand drives. But, um, uh, I would say overall, there's a lot to like with this game. Uh, this, this, this French team was probably the best team, uh, in this, in this tournament, uh, probably the best team we're going to talk about up and down with three players who I would legitimately consider, uh, draft worthy, or at least close to it already. Uh, if they just have solid seasons this year, I, I think I would get to that point and, uh, Kamar Dean is just a guy who was probably their best point of attack defender, uh, at least high motor on defense. Even again, if I if I think that the the feel away from the ball and the decision making is is pretty skewed towards event creation in a negative way, um, the motor's still good, and he's also a pretty elite shot maker with the handle to create space for those shots and runs to pick and roll. So like it's not his handle is versatile, where he can create space, he can he can. Uh, you know, hit a, hit multiple moves or hit just one move. He can run a pick and roll. He can cross over in tight spaces. Like, just a lot of good things with the handle. I would say the biggest issue is that he's not like an elite athlete, but he's a he's a fine athlete. I think he had a couple pretty big dunks, uh, if I remember right from the tape I was watching. So overall, Carmody was probably the guy who made the biggest rise for me in terms of I didn't really know who he was. And then uh, by by the end of this watching, I was I was pretty in on him, uh, at least as a bet. Uh, I'm gonna move on from France because that's really that's really all I got on on, on France. I mean, we could talk about Ugo Dumbia, who was fun, but I would I would not say he's particularly good. Um, and I want to move to Israel uh, because Israel had one of my favorite players and. I, I really, I'm going to mess this name up, uh, worse than the French ones. Uh, Noam Yaakov is how I would say that. Um, no idea how, how you would say that in, uh, like, modern Hebrew. Is that That's what they speak in Israel, right? Like, uh, I have no idea. I'm going to be honest. We probably uh, should have done some research before. Yeah, before you know, some you, of this. you think. But, like, also, like, like their, their second best player was a dude named Daniel Wolf. So, like you know forgive me uh but what i liked about yakov uh was just that he was i mean probably the most athletic like point guard we watched um listed at 620 he's only 18 so really young uh october 20th 2004 uh birthday so one of the younger maybe the youngest player we'll talk about actually uh played on an israel team that was I mean, really good. People did not expect them to be. Uh, plays in France for like their uh, for for Osvel this season. Um, doesn't look like he's played a ton in their first game, but um, you know, I I think he so he would be draft eligible in next year's draft. Um, and I think there's a lot to build on for him here. Uh, well, again, listed six one, but I thought he was bigger than that. Um, and he averaged sixteen point one points on forty five point six. Uh, from the field, uh, really dragged down by 17.4% three-point shooting. Um, I would say the shot is uh, better than that. If you look at his numbers from the past, it's better than that. And if you just watched him shoot, it's better than that. Like, he just takes a ton of tough ones, mostly flaming back shots. He's not really hunting that three unless he is, like, just really feeling himself. But, um, you know, if you look at his, like, career free throw numbers – uh, it's pretty solid. Uh, it's a lot better than, uh, you know, what he shot here. But I think the really interesting t- statistical thing is the 7.6 assists to uh, only four turnovers, which, again, as I mentioned, uh, is really good. Um, I just thought he was really crafty while being a good athlete, someone who got to the paint consistently and was one of the better in-the-paint decision makers, I thought, uh, in terms of deciding between dump-offs, kick-outs, and layups. And I think he has the right skew towards finish, if at all possible, or get to the line. Uh, and a lot of the games I watched, he got to the line a ton. Uh, specifically um, against France, he got to the rim eight times, and it felt like a whole lot more than that. Uh, Coop, do you have any thoughts on, on Yakov? I love Yakov. Um, the handle is legit. He has real like craft 
and can change pace in the middle of, of his drive. Like he can start full speed, stop, switch it, like completely change direction and then fully accelerate again. Like he, his body control and athleticism on drives is really, really nice. Um, he's got like flashes of off the dribble shooting. He can take and make shots from anywhere. He's not like the most efficient uh, at that kind of stuff. Like his off the dribble jumpers were fine. Like he was, you know, he was average ish efficiency, but the difficulty of some of those attempts in isolation was pretty intense sidesteps, step backs, tons of different, you know, ways he set it up. Uh, and the other thing that really stood out was he has a pretty solid motor. Um, you know, if he doesn't have the ball in his hands, sometimes he's just going to sit there. But I mean, literally every single guard on this list does that. If they're a primary guard and they don't have the ball, they're just going to sit there, stand there, not do anything. But Yakov, there would be a few times where he'd do that, but most of the time he'd be sprinting off the ball, trying to shake his defender, get an inch of light, and then run that pick and roll with Wolf, where he would, where Wolf would slip the screen every single time. I desperately need a real screener for for Yakov, and I, I agree with you. I think his instincts are great. Um, he's a solid wing and off ball defender. I didn't like his screen navigation at all. Just felt really lazy. Maybe part of that scheme, maybe that part of that's a lot of different things, but he just like did not try at <laughs> any single time he was involved in a screen action. He looked like J.R. Smith, just like grabbing the defender and, and sticking on him. Um, I think the athleticism's real. He's able to get up, throw it down. He makes great reads out of the pick and roll. He gets downhill pretty well. I'm just a huge, huge fan. And I really wish we were seeing him at uh you know, in college, I think that he would really thrive in the college game where he was entrusted with a lot of the decision-making responsibilities and with real big men who could screen and, you know, make contact and be lob threats. I would really like to see him with, you know, like a, a real college level big, um, just like initiating and running a bajillion pick and rolls a game, see what he looks like in that context against better athletes. Yeah, he's the type of guy who I'm worried a little bit that, like, while watching this, like, um, his athleticism uh, is is worse than it looked because the U-20 comp is, is pretty bad um, in general, especially athletically. Like, a lot of times there's skilled guys or there's good size, but, uh, like, uh, you know, there's not, there's not a ton of athletes at his level. I would love to see him at the, you know, like – he could he could make it like in the Pac-12 uh, RAP or like the ACC. Like I think he's that type of guard. I'm not confident he's like an NBA guard based on what I saw, but um, you know I, I think he's at least worth monitoring. Again, super young too. I think that's one of my bigger standout things. Uh, could you have any final thoughts on on Jakob, or if not, you can move on to your next guy. Uh, no, I don't have any final thoughts. He's just goaded, um, but. We'll never see him in college. Apparently, he's just going to stick overseas. Uh, I will swap over to the other, uh, the big man from Israel, uh, Daniel Wolf, played at Yale, you know, about 6'11", 7 feet tall. Uh, he's a big dude <laughs> in, in a few different ways. He's very strong. He's got okay touch around the rim. Uh, the motor is fine. I, like, he's not sprinting up and down the floor, obviously. He's not a great athlete, even amongst, like, really poor athletes like he didn't stand out much at all i just want to say really fast he's from glencoe illinois uh i i know that um israel has some pretty like uh because it's like a, a religiously affiliated country it has some like uh weirdness with how you can get citizenship i i don't know if it's like you just have to be jewish and you can be a citizen or if there's more to it i i apologize but like he's the guy we're talking about like his name's easy to pronounce at the very least. Uh, and, and he goes by Danny at Yale, I suppose. So uh, Danny Wolf, uh, sorry, not to interrupt. I just wanted to, just wanted to say that because yeah, he's at Yale. He's not playing for a, a pro team over in Israel or anything like that. He's uh, playing at an Ivy league college. Yeah. And not playing a ton at that Ivy league college, um, which is kind of scary because the Ivy league, like it is not good. As much as we want to like sit here and I, I know Bryce and Bryce especially loves mid majors and, and smaller college conferences, 
the Ivy League not known for its strength, and if you're riding the bench, uh, it's it's a tough look. But he shot a lot of threes and did not make a lot of threes. But they love to do that. The the pick and pop I put in parentheses because he, you're not really popping. Bryce was was talking about it earlier, like you don't before we we started recording, like you don't have to actually pop and have pop footwork because you're not having a guy close out. You're just getting a wide open three every single time. Um, it's like, he's so slow footed that he doesn't even make contact on the screen. He shows up, he slips. And then he's like, Oh wait, I can just scoot back and get a wide open three. And he does that. Um, he never makes contact on his screens. It really, really pissed me off. Um, because they have such a dynamic guard in Yakov who could actually like use a screen. And like, even if, even when Wolf wouldn't make contact, Yakov would get clean blow buys. But like, there'd be a few times where like, if he had just made contact, it would have been a wide open layup, but he's too selfish. And he just wants the ball every single time down. Uh, he has that little, the little strong arm post hook on lock. Uh, and he's fine when he doesn't have to move around the rim. But he just has so many weaknesses for a guy who's that big. Yeah, he's he's fun and uh, you know a little bit funky. And I I hope he actually plays a Yale a bunch this year. But uh, not not you know a super solid big even for this competition. Yeah, I think the one thing that's like actually intriguing is the passing. Uh, you know, there's some solid stuff. Uh, with that, uh, he averaged only 2.4 assists to 2.7 turnovers. It's not great, but he throws some all right kickouts and stuff. But yeah, I mean, I, I think there was like a really good hype video of him going out and like cool. But I just uh, in his game to game tape, I didn't think there was a ton. Like he's sort of skilled, like he'll put the ball on the ground from time to time. And I think uh, we still have uh, a, a little bit of like, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of like a better term for it. Cause like the term I grew up with is monkey brain, but that's probably bad. Um, but like where it's like, you know, we just see, Oh, six eleven guy dribble the ball. Like, Oh my God. And then we kind of clap and, and get all excited. And uh, you know, I just, um, I just don't, I, I, I don't really think there's much here with Wolf. So, um, you know, hopefully he's great at Yale uh, shout out, shout out Yale. And, and hopefully he takes the FIBA bump, but uh yeah, that's, I think that's really it for, for Israel. Israel is not a particularly exciting team. I want to move on to another team with only really one guy, uh, and that's Belgium. And we're, of course, talking about Ice de Ritter, I believe is how it's said. Uh, there's probably, again, if you if you were to say it with the proper accent in the language, it would probably sound a little different. Um, but uh, this is a guy who... Uh, was probably like maybe the statistically best player in this league and was also um, <laughs> on real GM. He's listed as a, this, the Ritter. Uh, it, it is Tice. Uh, there's a J in there. Um, but, uh, you know, probably statistically one of the better players and also helped a, a team that is not historically very good at these things to a really, really solid uh, tournament. Uh, and the Ritter... Um, you know, before the game against Israel where he got hurt, um, had a really, really nice tournament. He averaged 16.9 points on 47.8, 35.380 shooting splits, 9.6 boards to 2.7 assists, 3.4 fouls, 1.4 turnovers, 1.4 steals, and about a block. Uh, just kind of did a little bit of everything. He's like a 6'8 forward. Um, he plays for the Port of Antwerp Giants. Uh, I don't know if... Uh, so so Antwerp, which is like, I mean, a, a good Belgium team. Uh, but I think for me, like with the Ritter, uh, what stands out positively is that he just knows how to play off the ball. Really solid cutter, moves around the arc well, um, tries to make the right play. But he's also very clearly like just a forward and there's like no wing to him. And I'm not sure that's a uh, proper positive for him moving forward because uh, he's just really stiff. He really struggles to guard on the perimeter. He's just too slow, too stiff. Um, anything at the point of attack looks pretty rough. Uh, even like closeouts are, are really slow. Um, he's good like maneuvering inside the paint, getting in position for blocks. He has solid hands. He's big and strong, gets on the boards. Does a lot of solid things defensively, but at a certain point, like 
He's probably too slow on the perimeter and he is uh, not a great shooter right now. I want to say the form is like, it's a pure set shot. He does not get them up at all. Very low volume shooter. Um, the, the, it's kind of a, a like trebuchet motion almost. Um, it's not horrible. I mean, it goes in a good amount when he does take them, but not a great shooter. Um, is a pretty good straight line athlete. Has an okay first step. Um, obviously like had some pretty big dunks in this tournament now or any of them actually that impressive. No, he kind of had a full head of steam every time he kind of dunks like me where it's like, you have to have your entire, the entirety of your momentum going forward for you to get off the ground and get up. Um, you know, I, he's not bad. He's just, I, I would say very unremarkable. And I think it would take a lot for him to to really get into like real NBA conversations for me. Like he's probably like a summer league guy. Maybe if you desperately need a draft and stash, he makes sense. But um, I don't think I would give him a two, maybe with the new three, two way rule, he'd get a two way, but like uh, there's not a ton that stood out to me. It's like super great. Coop, do you have any thoughts on DeRitter? He just likes to post up a lot and he's so stiff on the perimeter. And it's like, he does stuff. Yes. But uh, it just is the kind of stuff like against, lesser or against better comp with like real athletes how does his like super stiff and super slow crossover into a drive look like it probably doesn't look like anything um if the shot was falling i mean maybe he's a tall shooter he's not a great shooter not a great defender i just don't super see it i think unremarkable is kind of the way to put it like he's good he can like kind of bum slay in this context like college keegan murray but he doesn't have like the like the scalability to actually be like an NBA player, like especially if he's not going to shoot or defend or all this different kind of stuff, um, like a drive into post up and like not really having that much that many post moves or a ton of strength and like mostly relying on touch and speed and like he doesn't have a ton of bend. Like there's so many weird things about his game. Um, I, I'm just not the biggest fan, probably someone I'd see in summer league, see if he sticks athletically and if he, you know, doesn't get completely run out of the gym, maybe he gets a two way, but not someone I'm particularly interested in at the moment. And I think it's my turn actually to pick somebody it is, else. It is your turn. I keep on, I keep on forgetting we're doing a back and forth thing. I'm going to be honest. Um, so I'm going to go over to Lithuania and I am going to mess up this name horrendously lutaris Lelavicious. um you're also making me type it into into real gm so yeah lee l-i-u-t-a-u-r-u-s there you go okay he's my king uh, he's listed at like six 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 seven um and he's probably like six five he's not that tall uh but he is like silky smooth Decently athletic for this context, um, you know, wing. I think he can dribble pretty well. He handled contact solidly well for a guy who's that tall playing against shorter guys. Like it's it's a lot harder to handle contact when you're being guarded by guys who are automatically under your handle. Um, and it's just really weird. It's like he could shoot, he can get into the lane, he can take some nice jumpers, he can make nice passes in the pick and roll. And then you watch him on defense and you're like, this is not the same guy because he's getting complete, like from a standstill blow buys from guys who are like six times worse athletically than him. They're super slow. They don't have a handle and they're just getting clean blow buys because he has no lateral mobility. He can't flip his hips. It's just like some, one of these starkest like contrasts in like athleticism that I've seen in any prospect because defensively he is nothing and offensively there's like oh there's some funk there's some pop he's getting up in traffic and like throwing down jams and you know putting guys on a poster and it's like legit like oh wow he can really navigate a screen look at all this stuff and then defensively it just all disappears and like it looks like he's trying but it goes from oh it looks like he's a 6-2 guy in a 6-6 body to oh it looks like this is a 6-11 guy in a six, six body. It's, it's such a strange thing. And if he could just be smooth defensively, I could see him as a second round bet because a guy that big who can actually dribble and 
do basic stuff and also get into the lane and take contact would be awesome. But if you're going to be the worst defender on the court and be completely like, it is impossible to play him on the wing. And it's also impossible to play him down low because he's not athletic enough or quick enough or long enough to like rim protect, then he can't be on the floor. Like, it's not like Nikola Jovic, who's like 6'10". And even though he has no idea what's going on defensively, he's a good enough athlete and is humongous. So you can figure it out, right? Lela Vicious is just not, I just wish he was a little bigger or a little bit less stiff defensively. And then I think he'd be something But as of right now, he's, I just don't think he's there. Yeah, no, that's all fair. Uh, you know, he's played for Zalgaris his whole pro career. Uh, it seems like the big thing is just like a lot of inconsistent shooting. Um, I, if he knocks down shots, he's probably worth, uh, you know, at least a legit summer league look. Um, what I, my main takeaway is just that if he was 18, he'd be really interesting, but he's 20. And I think that's just like, yeah, you know, when you think of him in the context of this is a guy who at, at, you know, best is, uh, you know, a college junior, maybe a college sophomore, depending on, you know, age and, and basketball is obviously very variable, but, um, I would say that, uh, you know, it, it, comparing him to like other college juniors, it's just like, there's just not enough there for me to really buy into. Um, it, it, I, if he could really, really shoot, I think there's probably something to build on there. Um, but I don't think like, even if he could shoot, I don't think he has the feel for how to play off ball to really maximize that shooting. Mostly likes to kind of get into his handle, uh, run a pick and roll, um, you know, he he really likes to reject the screen and pick and roll and, and work his way downhill that way. Uh, needs a pretty significant head of steam to like really make uh, finishes the basket, not someone who's going to do a lot of like stop start stuff or anything like that. So not a ton there, but, you know, at least worth at least worth mentioning. Uh, let's move on to Germany, where Germany has uh, a couple guys I wanted to mention. Uh, Germany's always weird to do in these because, like, uh, they're always interesting, but they're never fully full of guys. Uh, but there is someone specifically who I think, uh, you know, I've, I've been a fan of for a minute and who I thought was really fun at the very least, if nothing else. And that's Michael Retai. Uh, who is at Oregon State, um, which I think was a pretty significant get for them. He's only 19 right now, 6'9", 220 pounds, really, really strong. Like, I think that's one of the things that stands out, really strong. And I think he's really quick laterally with quick hands, uh, averaged 1.7 steals a game. That's pretty good. Guarded a lot on the perimeter, got over some screens and through some screens. Um, You know, were they all great screens? No. Uh, but I think there's a lot to build on with him defensively as just like a strong wing who can make some plays. Um, I would not say he's a great off ball defender right now, um, but he's better than a lot of the guys who we're talking about today uh, in terms of just like trying to be in the right place, trying to make plays. Germany was fairly aggressive defensively uh, and he did an all right job executing on the back line. Um, the question for him is, can he get to a point where he can do anything consistently, efficiently, offensively? Um, he takes a lot of threes. He does not make a lot of threes. That's that, you know, in college shot fairly well on middle to low volume. And then in this, he took 2.7 a game and shot 21.1%. Um, and maybe that's a confidence thing because he knows he can make them. Uh, I thought the touch was pretty bad. Um, the form itself is fine but he just has very little natural touch or natural feel to shoot. Um, his footwork into shots is fairly bad. Uh, the shot prep is not always there. Um, so it just kind of leads to him taking shots that are more contested or worse than they should be. Um, he does have a little bit of a handle and he just flies at the basket. He is trying to use his body and create these angles and get downhill and do all this stuff. And, um, He's not great at it right now, uh, but if he can get to a point where he could just be like an efficient transition finisher, despite not being an elite athlete, I think there's maybe a world where he could uh, get some looks or if he can just prove to be an efficient enough shooter. I like the perimeter defense enough that he could be valuable. So I'm not, I want to say I'm like super high on him, but I think he could have a really solid year at Oregon state. I think Oregon state could surprise some people this year. 
Um, and then all of a sudden, yeah, he's maybe worth a look. Uh, it's just a someone who can really defend on the perimeter, maybe hit some shots, maybe slash a little bit. Not great at anything, but 6'9 and solid at a lot of things would be great. Um, and defensively, maybe he could get to a level where he's great on the perimeter. I thought there was a lot of good stuff. And that's despite him kind of looking a little chunky. You know, maybe if he lost some weight, he could get even quicker um, and without sacrificing his strength, hopefully. And, you know, or he could stay the size he is and, and be used as a maybe a gadget player who would go out there just for. 20 minutes a night to guard the other team's best guy. If he could really get to that level defensively, I'm not a hundred percent there, but from what I saw here against these players, I thought there was a lot to build on. Coop, do you uh, like or, or see much from Ratai? Yeah, I thought the defense was really like the selling point. Like you, you talked about, I think him and uh, him and Lella vicious had a, uh, a really fun duel where he would trail him off ball and then he'd come off a screen and his screen nav for a guy who's like, like you said, he's a little chunky in this. He's six, like a legit six, nine, a little bit bigger. And he's just like flinging his body through these spaces and like adjusting and fitting his body right around this screen. Um, it's really, really impressive stuff. I have no idea what he is offensively. Um, it's like the shot is ugly and it's worrying, but I like if it can be something, then I think he's probably like he's at least like a, a summer league guy. He's got some funk, some weird athleticism as a six nine guy who has some real like an NBA like he you know if he can really defend like that, then that's probably an NBA level skill, and that's probably that's probably worth a look because guys that big like there are three or four NBA teams right now that don't have a forward defender as good as he is right now, like retire because it's hard to find six, nine guys who can defend other six, nine guys and like not either get strength, like bullied out of the way strength wise or length wise or mobility wise. Um, it, it's a really difficult niche to fill, but it is an important one. And there are teams that could use that. Um, not my favorite because there's like no offense there, but hopefully there's something and hopefully that'll, you know, show itself at the college level this year. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, we're, we're quickly working through the guys who I find most interesting. Uh, there is no one, there's no one else on this Germany team for me. I mean, Benjamin Schroeder will probably be all right at George Washington this year, but I don't know that I see much NBA. there. mostly kind of a mid range shot maker type. So I want to go to Spain. Uh, oh wait, actually Coop, I just realized it's your turn. I I'm I apologize okay. profusely. Wow. No, it's wow. I Go keep ahead. on forgetting it's my turn too. So no worries. Um, I'm gonna finish up Lithuania and then we'll head over to Spain. Um, gonna talk about Motius Krivas, six ten, six eleven, just unit of a big man. I mean, this is a skinny guy who's just flying around the court. Um, his touch is all right. Um. Like he's got a little floater that he can use whenever he's walled off at the rim, but he can't like read the floor and see like, oh shit, I was going to go for a layup time to hit a floater. He has to like read the floor and see, oh, I'm going to go hit a floater now. Like I'm going to dribble into the lane and hit a floater. And then it's really nice, but he can't like adjust and use it as a counter. It has to be like the intention of the entire play. And it's, that's kind of a worrying thing, but I like that he is at least able to do that and like see, oh, the big man's there. I can punish him for dropping that far. Um, he's a solid screener. I wish that Lella Vicious could throw him a lob because he never does. Um, I think he'd be a great lob catcher in theory because he loves to get up for offensive rebounds. He is fighting. He's swimming, guys. He is constantly hustling uh, for these offensive rebounds. And it is so much fun to watch him just like get on a guy's hip and on his shoulder and then just fling him out of the way, grab the board and go back up for it. He never gives up. He's not the most mobile. He's tough. He's got a little bit of a handle, uh, decently smart. And that motor is just so nice. Uh, I, I want to see him succeed, but he's not like a great athlete for a hustle big, which is really hard. Like if he was like, 
if he every time he stepped on the floor looked like the best athlete in these games, I'd be like, I would take this guy pretty high. I like his motor. I like the stuff he does. I like how hard he fights. Uh, I like his skills, but he's just not athletic enough to fill the role that he can fill. And like, he's not a great post-up guy. And even if he was, I wouldn't like desperately want him to fill that role for my team. Um, I, I really hope that he like can add some more to his game or work on his mobility a little bit, but uh, not someone I'm super in on as a, a draft guy. Yeah, I to the extent that I uh, I had zero thoughts on him. I I was I was that's shocked that is effed up. up. That is so effed up. No, I, I saw Hustle Big on the outline. And I was like, I I have to watch this guy. Also, because Lella vicious. So yeah, I mean, I like what I did see was like, yeah, I mean, hustle guy, but just not. He should be like an okay Euroleague big. Maybe he can get to that level, but a lot of Euroleague bigs are more skilled than him. So I, I, I'm not sure. Yeah, but... He's at a really weird intersection where like his only real outlier thing is just his motor. Like yeah. he tries really hard and he can dribble a little bit. You know where cool, he'd be great but... is the NBL. Oh, he the, would be. The he's NBL so tough. probably will just stick to Australians for that type of role, but like he would be great there. Oh, he um, fit in so well. But yeah, now right. it's your turn. Yeah, you selfish asshole. Let's do all my turns. Let's move to Spain, where I'm going to talk to about someone who actually matters. Um, and that's Michael Caicedo. I believe I'm saying that right. Uh, Caicedo is to me, uh, I would say, like right now, if the draft were tomorrow, probably the best prospect we've talked about. Um, that's not to say he would he's like incredible or anything, but just that he's you know, six seven. Uh, he's 20 years old, June 21st birthday, so he'll turn 21. Uh, actually, he just recently turned 20, so he won't turn 21 until, like, right before the draft. His rookie season will be his age 21 season. Um, played for uh, Barca, uh, Barcelona last year. Did not play a ton. Um, but I, I, I think there's something to build off with him. So, again, he's 6'7", uh, just really long, and I think he can really shoot. The shot is a bit funky but he shot 45.9 percent on 37 attempts in this tournament and while i would not like if you just look across his career not always a great shooter i thought the form was okay it's a bit flicky but like i like how quick it is um i think that the negative lean is is a bit negated by just how long his arms are and and where the release point is um so i think there's a lot to like with the jumper uh and, and i just think he's a really good on-ball defender. Um, now, his off-ball defense is really bad, uh, and it's kind of one of those things where you kind of feel like, uh, this is the thing I noticed throughout this tape and and for the little bit of uh, U19, U18 stuff I've watched throughout there too, where the guys who are on-ball defenders tend to be awful off-ball defenders, and the like solid low men tend to be awful perimeter defenders and the guys who could do things let's like play passing lanes help at the nail do that type of stuff tend to not be good at the point of attack it's like these weird like the defensive players they play like feel more positionally bound defensively than they are offensively and you just don't always see that and you know Coop and I had some potential theories on why that happens but I'm not going to get too into that I just thought it was an interesting observation that someone like Caicedo really good on the ball, really good in lock and trail, gets through screens really well, just an absolute nothing away from the ball. Uh, only 0.9 steals and 0.4 blocks in this. Just, just for someone who's 6'7 and as athletic as him, that's just an absolute nothing. Um, so, you know, I think his role would be hyper-specific. It'd be like, uh, you know, a bench wing who could come in and knock down shots and, uh, you know, be an all-right transition guy who can attack, you know, attack the basket transition, but not really in the half court uh only took 12 total free throws uh six of those came against a really crappy italy team uh so um i don't know i just uh i wouldn't say i'm like super high on him but he feels like someone who you could safely draft in the back end of the second round and he would be an all right like 14th 15th guy on an nba roster um so you know probably one of the safer guys we're talking about if you know not super interesting uh, Coop, do you have any any thoughts on Michael Caicedo? The jumper's just so weird. Um, he's like less aesthetic Ben Macklemore, 
um, just like only jumper and then tries really hard in man defense, um, but then just does nothing else of any kind of value. Um, I mean, the transition stuff was nice, but I it's just so weird watching a six, seven wing who is like solidly athletic, like he is not even try, um, you know, off the ball. Just, just a really like a, a lot of the defensive stuff. Like every most of these guys would be like, like Lella Vicious was like he moved like a big at the point of attack, but around the rim, it's like, oh, you're so mobile in space. Why are you able to cover this much ground around the rim? But then you have no other like you have no idea how footwork on the perimeter works. Uh, it's just it seems like all of these guys have one defensive role that they really learn and specialize in and they don't get a ton of time to, or a lot of these guys just don't seem to know how to do multiple things. Uh, And it's kind of concerning, kind of interesting. I do think it's something that we should explore more in the future and talk more about as a community. Uh, But I think Kaiseto is interesting. You know, Ben McElmore is an NBA player for for you know as much as i think he's not even in the nba right now but he could be a guy in the league with you know different heliocentric creators all that kind of stuff great playmakers um but i think kaiseto could be that kind of guy uh, especially if you can teach him how to play off ball defense absolutely do you want to take us to your next guy coop yeah i will keep us in spain and i will talk about the guy the other big Spanish wing who you didn't like as much, but I, I thought was quite fun. Uh, Ruben Dominguez, um, six, six wing shooter. The difference aesthetically between him and Caicedo is like insane. Uh, Dominguez has this really smooth compact jumper that he can like, Hey, he has great pop footwork. He has, he can like sidestep. He has can hit off of a ton of different alignments. Uh, he has solid touch. He doesn't really get to the rim, which is kind of alarming, but he can like hit little short jumpers, doesn't have a ton of bad misses. He's got a little bit of hustle. Um, I, I just think offensively, like he's kind of interesting as a shooter. It's just the shot didn't fall at a super high rate, uh, at least compared to Caicedo. Um, he, like his points per possession was not the nicest. Uh, but he's solid on spot ups. He can come off of screens a little bit, do a little bit of ball handling. Not exactly his thing, but I, I think he just showed a little bit more uh, flash wise offensively than Caicedo did. He's a little smaller. Uh, ended up having to become more of their main option down the stretch because Caicedo. I did he get hurt or did he just not play as much? I don't know exactly. I think he got hurt, was. but I, I could be wrong. I could be yeah, wrong. Yeah, it was something weird like that, but uh, Dominguez played a lot more down the stretch than Caicedo did. Uh, and I I think he's nice. Potentially some versatility as a shooter. I don't know how much there is anywhere else with him. Yeah, I don't have uh, really any thoughts on Dominguez. I'm just going to move on to my next uh, fun Spanish wing who I really enjoyed, and that's Pablo Tamba. And when I tell you, I did not expect anything from this dude. I mean, really nothing. He goes to UC Davis. He's 20 years old. Uh, I I believe in his, like, freshman year at UC Davis, like, didn't play at all. UC Davis was not a particularly good team um oh actually never mind. he just transferred uc davis started idaho state didn't play there then played at indian river uh where he was uh pretty good obviously uh, that's a juco um so you know has kind of had this circuitous security uh, circuitous route to uc davis of all places so i was not expecting anything and this dude is just so fun really really fun defensive player uh not like a stocks guy though no one on spain really is like they did not play an aggressive brand of defense but really good perimeter defender i think he makes really sound rotations on the interior solid closeouts and just a nutty one foot athlete really good burst got up for this one it was literally an overtime against i want to say it was slovenia uh where like he (laughs) 
went baseline and did this like literally like a 2k like windmill reverse dunk in overtime after having played probably 25 minutes in that game like just insane one foot bounce uh really strong uh you know pretty smart wing too like just i don't know like not like a huge scorer not a good playmaker nba is probably a stretch but i thought he was really fun and i would probably you know make a bet on him as like a like a rim running defense first rebounding forward would not at all surprise me if he was really really good at uc davis this year um so yeah that's uh uh, Coop, do you have any thoughts on Tomba? And if not, uh, do you want to just wrap us up by moving on to probably the guy who was the player most most people would be the most familiar with on the Spanish team? Um, I don't have anything else to add on Tomba. He's fun. He tries hard. Um, I'll just hop right over to Juan Nunez. Um, you know, little 6'2"-ish guard uh, plays at Ulm. Uh, he I, he's got a nice, simple handle. Um, he loves doing unnecessarily, like not exactly flashy, but like just a little bit too much with it, just to kind of rub it in as a passer. Like he loves to like do the little whip around the head, behind his head, or like completely move his entire body to throw like a super basic pass. Um, he's really able to spread out a pick and roll. And like the second there's like a hole in the, the defensive coverage. He makes a pinpoint delivery. I think his delivery is really nice with either hand. Um, and that's kind of, <laughs> that's, he overpasses to like a ridiculous degree. He loves to pass and show off. Um, I don't remember if we were recording when you talked about it, but uh, like the way that Spanish, like European guards develop and stand out is they tend to like, Oh, I can really show off this passy, this flashy pass like a crazy insane angle and i think juan nunez is like the epitome of that um there's some some function in it like he loves drawing in a second defender and then looking it off and throwing the pass to the wide open shooter but a lot of it's just unnecessary like please just take a layup dog uh i'm begging you uh i he's fun i like the feel i like the passing it's just it feels like these kinds of guys are a, a dime a dozen and uh, it can be kind of frustrating watching him play. Yeah. I mean, I was not particularly moved by Nunez. Um, I don't think he has the ability to shift defenses enough to take advantage of his passing. And I don't think his passing is so good to make up for it. Um, like he, he's not really great at getting downhill. He tends to like to kind of pound the ball and read read for assist pass for assist rather than pass to create and maintain advantages um not that it's like necessarily a selfish thing but it's just how some guys are they want to dominate the decision making game and that just seems how he is and i don't think he's quite good enough at that to really uh pop to me we could maybe find a way to be a solid backup guard but i think you'd have to get to a point where he's either a pretty good shooter or a really consistent finisher um i think it it says something for his nba prospects that uh you know, he couldn't quite cut it at Real Madrid and is now at a lower level in Ulm or with Ulm. So, uh, you know, I, I just think that kind of says uh, all I need to say. Coop, I think and maybe I'm wrong about this. Maybe I'm forgetting someone who we should talk about. But I feel like we only have one guy we really need to discuss left because I, I got, you know, I've got most of my thoughts out. I don't really have a ton to say on Burke Biuktansel from Turkey. I don't have a ton on... Uh, you know who 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 else doing this? Actually, that's that's really the only guy you, who you I don't have, have any thoughts on. Carl Poom, not Carl Poom or uh, or Urban Klavazar, uh from Slovenia. So I think the last guy we we should discuss, and, and you could even argue this is two guys we should discuss, but only one I think actually matters. And that's Zvonimir Ivicic. I think I said that right. Listed at seven two. Ivicic is, of course, committed to play basketball at Kentucky. It seems like he's not actually going to play there. Um, but uh, 7-2 for Croatia, averaged 11.4 points and 5.3 rebounds, 0. 0.6 assists, uh, shot 34.4% on 32 twos, 74.1% uh, at the rim, or I should say on two-pointers, which is good. But he did only take 27 two-pointers across 
all of this. And, you know, some of that is he didn't play a ton of minutes uh, uh, towards the end uh, because uh, I think some injury stuff, but um, he's worth talking about just because the nature of him going to Kentucky is that people are going to give him at least some passing glances as an an NBA prospect. And uh, if I'm being completely honest, I just don't really see it with him. I think that uh, he's kind of slow. He's kind of soft. I think he's another one of those cases where people see a 7-2 person take some dribbles and hit some shots, and they're immediately like, that's a guy. And I just don't think he is. I don't think he's a good enough ball handler. I don't think he's a good enough rim protector. Uh, you know, he did average 3.4 blocks a game, which is great. Um, but I think against stronger, more athletic competition, I think a lot of his cracks would show. He's very reliant on his length to block shots rather than his timing or being able to handle any type of contact. Um, I just, there's just not a lot I like with him. I don't think he would be particularly good at Kentucky. Uh, and I and I really don't see NBA, if I'm being honest. So, uh, Coop, do you have any other thoughts or, or are you mostly with me here? I feel like the sell with him is like big who can shoot. And I just, I don't see it. I don't really see him doing big man stuff. I don't really see him in like actually being good at perimeter stuff. Uh, he just kind of flashes it sometimes and he's not like particularly like actually good at it. Um, yeah. It doesn't seem like he'll even actually get minutes at Kentucky um, unless they just want to deep, deep drop him and just have him be humongous in the middle. Even then, like they have other guys who I would rather see them do that with. Right. Um, it's a weird roster. It's a weird year. I think he'll at least get a passing glance from teams, but uh, not, not my kind of guy. And uh, with that, are, are you all out of guys? I'm all out of guys. I'm I, I am all out of guys. So uh, take this away. Wrap us up. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh yeah, that, that's about all we got. Uh, again, this is uh, Coop. I, I'm going to yonder and guess and say this will not be our most listened to episode. Uh, uh, you know, I, the next ones will have more guys that I will be sure to to push out there. I might even lead this like like BBU Tony discussion. The first guy I might put is Savonimir Ivicic, just because by nature of him going to Kentucky. Like people will click on the pod just because that, but uh, no, in, in general, That's a good idea. I like that idea. I think this was a valuable exercise, if slightly uh, invaluable use of time. Um, but I'm very excited for our next pod where we will be discussing uh, the 2015 draft. Uh, expect that. Uh, hopefully, next week we'll see how quickly Coop and I can get through film. We are both uh, very busy. But if we can get through filming time, expect that next week. Worst case, the week after that. Uh, but yeah, that's about all we got. Follow Coop at Alex Court underscore Oop underscore Coop. I'm at Bryce underscore Team. Give us a like, rating, review, all that fun stuff. This has been the Upside Swings NBA Draft Podcast. We hope we are ceiling. Thank you.